Welcome to the Bethesda Christian Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit yourbcc.org or download our mobile app from the App Store. Well, the plan was I was going to swing it on a vine. Uh, wiser heads prevailed. Talked me out of it. Told me, I, you know, I already broke one hip. It's bolted back together. But I really wanted to swing in like Tarzan. Anyway, it's a reminder, people can be fragile. We can be br- broken. We are breakable. And that's a reminder of what we heard last week. We heard last week a scripture that uh, Dr. Dunn brought to us, uh, a very compelling message from Paul's second letter to the church in the city of Corinth and spoke of jars of clay, us, or people. And Paul wrote about this great message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's an amazing thing that he entrusts it to us. These jars of clay, it's an image of humanity. We're dust. We've been created from dust of the earth. And, of course, that image, it gives us this picture of the susceptibility to failure and cracking. And yet, the, the good Lord saw fit to give the gospel message to us. Paul called it a treasure, a treasure that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. And the, the video that we just saw, the Treehouse video, it touched on that. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, Pastor Rob teaching the kids, the Holy Spirit's all part of this, bringing us to this place of understanding this great message of Jesus, the, the gospel message, and to comprehend the fullness of this message, the gospel of the cross of Christ, it comes from God. God has a part in that. And I want to remind us of one of the verses we heard last week, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. It said, for God, who said, let the light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts, To give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. It was God. It was God who made the light of Christ shine within us. The knowledge of God's glory. There's this idea of this light and knowledge tied together. And uh, it's a, a wonderful, another image, light and I don't know if you heard Brittany when she prayed this morning, but she, she prayed this scripture right here. And I loved it. She, her prayer was, Father, thank you for your son who shines in us. So I think she heard last week and it's just been working in her. And when that light goes on, like we saw in the video, when the light goes on and you get get it. It's a great thing. But do you get it? Have you understood 
Jesus talked about those who get it and those who don't. And he talked about why that is. And this morning, once again, we want to look at the words of Jesus. The words of Jesus and make some life application. We've been calling these life apps. And we've been focusing for a number of months on the words of Jesus and bringing that to some some real life application, things we can put into practice. And we're going to be in Matthew chapter 13. And if you have your Bibles, get to Matthew chapter 13. I want to lay just a little bit of context for you. Give you a little bit of a lead into where we're going to be at. Jesus, he had been in some towns along the shores of the Sea of Galilee. It was really just a big lake. And he'd been doing great miracles. If you read Matthew 10, 11, 12, that lead into chapter 13. Jesus was doing great miracles. The lame uh, were walking, blind were seeing, the deaf could hear, lepers were cleansed. Uh, Dr. Dunn talked about that last week. Um, demons were being brought out of people. I mean, this was just the amazing works of Jesus. And then at the end of Matthew chapter 12, some Pharisees approached Jesus. And they say, we want to see a sign from you. And I'll, we've talked about this before. Seriously, this is, I don't understand when these people who've seen all these fantastic signs and miracles and wonders, how they could walk up to Jesus and say, hey, we want to see a sign. I really don't understand how he couldn't just respond to them. How could you be so obtuse? Something like that. Because... It, Jesus had done so much. And yet the light had not gone on for them. They refused to see it and asked to see something even more. Well, Jesus moved on. He went and he sat down by the sea. It says, as Matthew chapter 13 opens. And there was such a loud crowd that gathered. Jesus went out on a boat and he began to speak to, these, to, to the people, this great crowd that had gathered. Matthew 13, verse 3 says that he spoke many things in parables. Now, parables are stories. Stories that illustrate a principle, an ethic, a, a moral, a truth. And a parable will use characters or objects to portray something else and bring that truth out. Now, as Matthew 13 continued there at the open, Jesus told a parable from that boat. A parable about a farmer, a farmer who cast some seed. Now, the seed fell on four different places, Jesus said. Some fell on the path, some on the rocky soil, some fell among the weeds, and then some seed fell on good soil. And it was only that fourth place, only the good soil, where the seed returned a harvest, Jesus said. A harvest of a hundredfold or sixtyfold or thirtyfold. So one seed can really produce quite a bit. Now, Jesus did not give any explanation to this parable. He just said, hey, a farmer threw some seed on these four places, and this is what happened. No explanation. Well, then evidently he come to shore. And his disciples questioned him. 
And this is where we pick up the account. So it's partway through Matthew chapter 13. And I want to read you verses 10 to 17. Follow along if you have your Bible or uh, the word is up on the screens as well. So Jesus is back on the shore and it says, The disciples came to him and asked, Why do you speak to the people in parables? Jesus replied, Because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. Now Jesus quotes here from Isaiah chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. It's a great commissioning scene of Isaiah. And he's asking, who's going to go, God? And the Lord, he, he's asking, and he says, I'll go, I'll go. So this is what the Lord said to him because Isaiah said, no, what do I tell the people? So in them, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled. And here it is. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing and never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears, understand with their hearts and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are you, your eye, blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. For truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. So Jesus, he spoke in parables because he said, Some see and hear and understand. And others see and hear, but they, they just don't understand. And that, that sounds so perplexing, doesn't it? Is Jesus deliberately wanting only some to have the truth and then for others that he deliberately wants the truth to be hidden from them? Well, it, it's not that. It's not that Jesus is deliberately keeping the truth from some. His message is not exclusive. It's inclusive. It's all-inclusive. It's open to every single person. And yet, this sounds as if Jesus is shutting some off. But he's trying to explain it's more than seeing and hearing through just a, a rational understanding. When Jesus quoted the prophet Isaiah, he said, this prophecy is fulfilled. In them that see and hear, but they just don't understand. They're not comprehending. It's not coming through. And yet that same prophecy, it pointed out that there is an opportunity for all to turn and be healed. And the healing is not some physical healing. Jesus is talking about the healing from eternal death because of sin. Oh, Jesus is offering eternal life. This is the healing that he, he speaks of. And if all can turn and be healed of that and, and come to eternal life, what is it all about? Some see and hear and get it, and others see and hear and they don't get it. 
Well, this prophecy of Isaiah, it, it pointed out what is keeping these from not understanding. So as I said earlier, Jesus talks about those who get it, those who don't, and why. Why aren't they getting it? What keeps some people just focused on this rational seeing and hearing and logic and uh, you know all the intellectual things and nothing else? It's like those Pharisees. We want another sign. We want to see something. We want something that we can comprehend in our mind. Because they didn't believe. They didn't even believe all that they had already seen. They wanted one more sign. What's their problem? What was their issue? Jesus, in quoting Isaiah, spelled it out. It's verse 15. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears and they have closed their eyes. To come to a place, to come to a place where you can say, I have understood. It's more than a matter of exercising your cognitive faculties of hearing and seeing. It's beyond that. And Jesus is really pointing this out. It's a matter of the heart. It's a matter of the heart. And not the physical heart. Not the muscle that's pumping blood. It's the heart that's the core of your being. The seat of the will and the emotions. This heart. The non-physical heart. And that non-physical heart, though, it's, it's not devoid of a connection to reason. Our faith is not unreasonable. Our faith definitely resides in reason, but there's also belief. There's also heart. The heart and, and the mind, they need to work together in harmony. And Jesus identifies a barrier then. He identifies a barrier that keeps the heart from believing. It's as if there's, there's no connection at all to, to the mind. The mind is totally on its own. It's only understanding and logic. That's it. There's a barrier to the heart. And what is the barrier? Well, Jesus said it's a calloused heart. The people's heart has become calloused. And there's the barrier. He, again, it's, it's not a physical heart. But the condition that Jesus puts out there, it's a physical condition. He's not talking about the natural heart, but he uses an image from the natural. Calluses. Calluses. Have you ever thought about calluses? There's a great scene in the, in the movie Jaws. I, I don't really watch too many movies now, but I saw that movie when I was, I don't know, maybe 12 years old. And it just stuck with me. I can't believe it's like 45 years old. There's, there's the old salty sea captain, Quint. Quint has been hired by the, the sheriff Brody to, to catch the great white shark. And so he's, he's going to do it. But the sheriff wants to bring along this marine biologist, a guy named Hooper. And the, the, the captain, Quint, he's got, I want nothing to do with that. 
no, that guy can't come. And the sheriff's like, well, hey, this is my charter. He's coming. And Quint says to the, to the marine biologist, show me your hands. Show me your hands. And he grabs them and he pulls them in. And he sneers at this guy. Mr. Hoopa, you got city hands. He's got soft city hands. They're not up to the job. They're not calloused. They haven't worked. So he doesn't want them. Calluses, they, they offer a bit of protection. And I, I learned this recently. I was reminded that about not having calluses. The, a few weeks ago, I was cutting my grass. I got a couple of passes done, and I, I have a, a little lawn tractor, and forward motion stopped. Ah, I was like, ah, I can't go forward. Then I looked ridiculous, cutting my grass in reverse the whole way. Just, my neighbors must have thought something went wrong with me. So I got to fix this. So I ordered parts, and I... I took it apart the other day. I took the transmission, transaxle out, and I clamped it to my workbench and took it apart. One bolt was stubborn. So I got out my torch. I got to heat it up. But I didn't want to light my workbench on fire, so I unclamped this thing, and I turned it, rotated a little, got it nice and hot, tried to get that bolt going. And sure enough, of course, I don't have it clamped down. It tips a little, and I reach out to grab it. Singe. Oh, right across my finger. But this thing kind of went across my finger and, and, and the end of uh, my other finger, the, the, the palm of my hand, which does have quite a few calluses. Man, it burned me on the tip of my finger. Not so much on the palm. Callus saved me. Not having a callus. Oh, I got burned. So the, a callus has got some, it's got some good qualities. Keeps you from getting barbecued. You know, as they build up, a callus builds up. And as it builds up, you lose sensitivity to pain. And how does it form? It's over time. Over time from pressure and friction. Uh, your skin starts to build up this layer. Little re reoccurring repetitive hurts over and over again. And you build up this natural defense mechanism, a layer of protection. Calluses are good for the hands. Not so good for the heart. No, Jesus is like, you got a calloused heart. You have a tough, hard layer on the heart. Well, now, how did that develop? Well, I would imagine it's just like a natural callus. Jesus is using the image a little friction, perhaps the suggestion to change. A little pressure, alter your attitude, modify your behavior. Little repetitive over and over again. Oh, those Pharisees, they'd heard Jesus. They'd seen him. They heard his message. He had been calling them to change and repentance. And perhaps they heard Show mercy and compassion. Well, they, they had. And that's what God had been asking people for centuries. And Jesus reminded many of what the prophet Hosea had said. 
The Lord desires mercy, not sacrifice, an acknowledgement of God rather than burnt offerings. People rejected it over and over again, though it kept coming. Show compassion, show mercy. They built up a, a defense to it. Hearts that weren't receptive to it because this defensive layer had been built up on the heart over time, a barrier. And it was a barrier to the message of Jesus. Now, what could you do? What could one do if they've got this callousness of heart? Is there a remedy? Is there a fix? Well, what does the word of God tell us? What does it tell us of some whose hearts were hard? We can look through the Old Testament. Just Here's a few examples in the Old Testament of some who had rebellious, disobedient, calloused hearts. King Ahab. King Manasseh. King Rehoboam. They all rejected God. King Rehoboam and all of his leaders and advisors. They'd all turned against the Lord. Oh, this callousness of heart. They had hard hearts. But read about them. Even a guy like Ahab or Manasseh, who was a terrible king. They came to a place of understanding in their hearts. How did that happen? How did this hard, tough layer go away? How was this callous removed? There's a way to remove these hard-hearted uh, coverings, these calluses on the heart. And it was humility. They humbled themselves before God. They humbled themselves before the Lord. And what did the Lord do? He responded with compassion. There was redemption for these. Even the likes of uh, uh, Manasseh, who's said to have cut Isaiah in half. The cure for the hard heart, for the calloused heart, it begins with humility before God. When the kings and all these people that were the advisors, when they humbled themselves before the Lord, the Lord heard them. It was like this light shining. His message, his message was not one of judgment to them when they humbled themselves before him. No. There was redemption and restoration. When Manasseh humbled himself, he was in a place of exile. He had lost the throne. God restored him back as the leader, put him back on the throne. If you've been holding on to all that's just logical and cogent and rational, because the idea of eternity can't be comprehended. You just don't understand it. You just don't get it. It doesn't seem rational. It's spiritual. And, and it requires an element of faith. And, and believing, but hey, you're not having that. Just can't have that. Not stepping across that line. Or maybe you've heard some things of God. Maybe you've heard about uh, that God would ask you to change some things. And deep down inside, you just don't want to do it. You don't want to make life changes. So you've resisted and resisted and resisted. And there's this unwillingness to change. There's an unwillingness to follow God. So there, there's a hard, a defensive barrier on your heart. And if that barrier stays, it's going to have forever consequences. 
when you turn to Jesus, yes, he's welcoming you and inviting you to change some things. It's indeed life-altering, that's for sure. But it's all for the better. It's all for the better. Redemption, restoration, changes that bring that. They're wonderful. There's no need to fear Jesus. There's no need to resist him. But so many do. And what's the cure? First, you just got to get a bit humble. Get humble before the Lord. And there's no specific formula here. God knows your heart. If you sincerely wish to have some redemption and restoration, and and you think, well, maybe I I could consider turning from my own way and all that I've been doing and, and the things that I think are the way to go, Get before God. You've been chasing your heart's desires. You think, "Eh, maybe I could consider this. Turning to him. Oh, just talk to him. Get down before God. The word is repentance. And it's not a scary word. It's just like, Lord, I'm tired of doing this my way. It's it's not going to have any lasting effects. When your heart's humble, this is when the prophecy that Jesus spoke can be fulfilled in this way. You'll see with your eyes. You'll hear with your ears and understand with your heart and turn and be healed. Healed forever. Receive eternal life. Be healed from the rebellion and the rejection that you've shown toward God. And he gives an assurance for everlasting life. And then Jesus comes to be with you and and he'll walk with you and you walk with him. And then there's, uh, there's obedience like we saw this morning in baptism, which... It's more, as I said earlier, it's more than just a profession of faith. God does this wonderful operation on the heart. Paul said the operation without hands. Oh, that's why our baptizing ministers, they they make that declaration. I'm believing God with you for this sign of circumcision, a cutting away of that old nature and leaving it here. There's a resurrection that takes place because your heart has been changed and it's amazing it's amazing what our lord will do with our hearts when we're sincere and when we're humble and as we continue then our lives with christ though there are times and experiences that can bring hurts and i know every single one of you could testify to that even repetitive hurts over and over Frictions, pain, work, family, marriage, spouses. Maybe it's some kid at school who's been pestering you or bullying you. Then, of course, there's all the things in the world, politics, culture, and all the craziness of the pandemic. Has any any of that been a repetitive pain hurting your heart? Have any of these things drawn you closer to the Lord? 
Or are they poking you away, pushing you away, causing a callus, a callus on the heart? You can deal with it. Got to get humble. Got to get humble before the Lord. And then I would say this. Just give them a soak. You know, if you got a natural callus, what they say, if you want to get rid of it, just soak it. That's the number one recommendation. Just soak it in some warm water for a little while. Soften it up. Repeat it if needed. If you're getting a callus on your heart, soak it. Soak it in the Lord. Soak it in his word. Take some time before the Lord, whatever the situation, whatever that repetitive pain is, get before him. Open up his word. Don't ignore his word. Open it up. Seek him and soak in him. And as God shines in your heart, he gives the light of the knowledge of God's glory. There's that that connection, that connection of heart and mind, the knowledge of his glory in our heart, it's revealed in the face of Jesus Christ. Now, you might have to take some action. You might have to do some things. We heard last week, you know, some things about forgiveness. You know, callous could be caused because of a relational issue. I mean, you might ha- have to go to someone and Ask for forgiveness. You you might have to go to someone and offer forgiveness. Either way, it, it can be an issue that's caused a callous. Whether you need forgiveness, whether you got to give forgiveness, what does the word of God say? Go to that person. I mean, perhaps it's beyond that. Maybe you've got an issue with God. Maybe you're angry at him. Maybe, maybe the hurt, you're feeling, you're blaming the Lord. You know, whatever the issue, whatever the problem, and you've kind of turned against him. Get humble. Get humble before him and start to soak him in. Get into his word again. Talk to him. Be honest. Be open. Listen, the Lord already knows. You're not going to surprise him. You can talk to him. And you can talk to him straight away. Jesus empathizes with our weaknesses. The word of God tells us that. Open it up. You'll see that in the book of Hebrews. That Jesus empathizes with our weaknesses. Why? Because he was tempted like us in every single way, the word tells us. So open it up. Do some soaking. And when you do, when you do, blessed are your eyes when they see and your ears when they hear and your heart when there's understanding and those calluses begin to go away because you're You're soaking in the Lord. It's a heart that becomes soft and tender and receptive, not hard and calloused. And then after that, after you've been humble and you soak in some things of the Lord, be proactive and avoid this. Now, avoid the developing of a callous. There's that old adage that says an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. So how could you prevent this? How could you prevent the callous forming on your heart guard your heart guard your heart proverbs chapter 4 verse 23 it says above all else guard your heart and how can you guard your heart well you stay humble keep soaking up the lord and 
continue turning to him. Be before him continually. It doesn't have to be, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be on your knees at a bedside. Anywhere you're at, you can talk to God. And Paul said to the church in uh, Philippi, he, he said this in Philippians 4, be anxious for nothing. Don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. We can all choose to do that. That's not really that hard of a command, is it? Just present your petitions to God with thanksgiving. Then there's this great, great line that follows. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. Connection again, harmony, heart and mind. Guard your heart. The peace of God that transcends understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. In every single situation, good, bad, otherwise, go to Jesus. And you can prevent the hardening of a heart. Just by applying this word, be grateful, be thankful, open up to the Lord, talk to him. And man, you can be in the shower. You can be in your car talking to God. You can be on your lawn tractor in reverse talking to the Lord. I put on those big, you know, ear protectors when I'm out and I just, it's a great time to talk to the Lord. I like to walk and talk to God. I might read a passage of scripture and it, I just want to take a walk. I'll walk these halls. There's a great loop right around this big sanctuary or go outside and walk on the road. Just, Lord, hey, I need some more understanding. Help me out here. We've got these devices. They'll actually read to us. You just plug it in, put in the old earbuds. You can have the word of God read to you. Walk and have it read to you. Whether you're in the car, whatever. And my point is, there's no specific formula here to getting humble before God. You can get into His Word, and you can humbly open up to Him anytime. But here's the thing you just got to do it, you have to do it. And if, if you haven't, if you haven't cracked open a Bible, if your Bible's kind of dusty, you, you can look on these things. It'll tell you how often you use certain apps. The Bible app, like at the bottom, only, oh, wow, I used that for a minute last month. Get into it more. Open it up. You have to do it. Apply what the apostle said. In every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, get open before God. And the peace of God will guard your hearts and your mind. And you can be one who then says, the light's gone off, or the light's gone on, I should say. I understood. I've understood. I get it. Let that peace of God guard your heart. Mind's not disconnected from it. You know, that center of your being is 
It's got this inexplicable connection to the mind, your heart. But where is your heart? Where's your heart this morning? Have you been doing too much rationalizing, too much logical stuff? Have you been lacking times soaking in the Lord? Is God shining the light of the face of Christ in your heart? Or is there dark places, calloused spots? Man, if you've never gotten humble before the Lord and opened your heart, and if you've never done that, you haven't even received eternal life. Today's the day. Today's the day to just do that. And if you've been following Jesus, man, and I know so many of you have here, I've got a room full of people who could lift their hands and say, I follow Jesus Christ and I've been following him for a while. But I know I got, I got a little spot. I got a little, I got a callus. You need to, do you need to deal with it? Soak them in today. Get humble. Start soaking them in. And then just continue in it. Continue in it and guard your heart. You know, let's pray as we close. And If anyone needs to come and pray at this altar, talk to the Lord, do it. If you want to pray at your seat? That's fine too. Let's stand. Let's pray. God knows your heart, and you know it. Nobody else. You got a, you got, you got something, something that's just been, uh, these hurts. Put it before God Almighty today. He is the God of restoration and redemption. Let's talk to him. Just get, get, get settle your hearts right now. Let's just close our eyes and settle our hearts. He knows your heart. You got to settle something? Do it. Do it. Open to him. Lord, God, if there's anyone in this room or connecting digitally, God, that... that They've been struggling with something. It's been an annoying repetition. It's caused them to turn from you a bit, or they might be angry at you or someone else, and it's nagging. God, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray there's some humility right now. There's some admission of this. And Lord, a desire to turn to you, God, for healing and redemption. Lord, I pray that any who've called on the name of Jesus, but they've been struggling with this, Lord, you would help right now. And there'd be a commitment to turn to you fully, to get back to where they should be, to start taking opportunities and every day, just to soak you in, to thank you. God, I pray that for every single one. And Jesus, if there's someone who's never, ever, ever said, I believe, because they've just been afraid. They, they, they don't want the idea of change. They don't desire it because there's just a fear that their life will be 
different in a negative way. No, Lord, I just pray you'd show them the beauty of the, the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ who died to relieve us of the penalty of sin. And God, that there's a wonderful, wonderful eternal life that awaits. Lord, any, anyone who's listening or here might be saying, oh God, for the first time, I, I truly want to believe, Lord, I will receive that person, receive their heart. May they be one that's truly healed by you this morning. Thank you, God, for that. Thank you, God, for that. Now as we go, Lord, bless. Bless everyone. Keep them. Watch over them. God, we present ourselves and our petitions to you with thanksgiving. We thank you. You're good. Thank you, you're wonderful. Thank you that you shine the light of Christ. And we trust. Lord, as we thank you and give you our, our cares and our petitions, that you guard our hearts. Wow, Lord, just give the peace that passes understanding to everyone here, everyone listening. They truly know you're the guard. You're guarding over them. Thank you for it, God. Bless everyone with that as they, as they exit this sanctuary in Jesus name. Amen. Amen.